0: Inspires us today with the truths He reveals to our hearts through His Word. Now, here's David with reflections from the heart.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo and Rick Hackman. Welcome, one and all. Good to be here, David. David, awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. We're going to break open the bread of life, but Rob, before we do that, do you want to introduce our listening audience to how we typically start one of our groups and then invite the Holy Spirit in to help us on our journey?
2: I would love to. Uh, We... Based Reflections from the Heart on Gospel Reflections, which is a, a weekly one-hour gathering of, of men and women based on the, the gospel for the coming Sunday. So it's a, an extended version of what we do here, and uh, we have a, a beautiful prayer book that's open to anybody that, that wants one or more to, to, uh, to use. It's a stewardship of, of prayer prayer book, just some of the, the best Catholic prayers. And when we gather, uh, we pray Jesus' prayer for unity to begin our gospel reflection, because uh, some of the groups, uh, whether they're all Catholic or, or mixed with Catholic and non-Catholic Christians, the prayer should be unity. And, uh, and this has been just a, a real blessing. So if we could, let's, uh, let's pray Jesus's prayer for unity. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Please, Lord, allow each of us gathered here in this room to be an instrument in the answer to your prayer of unity, so that each of us, united as one, may be a light that leads to you. And these are Jesus' words. I pray not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, so that they may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and I have given them the glory that you gave me, so that they may be one, as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to, for- to perfection as one that the world may know that you sent me and that you love them even as you loved me. Amen, and we uh, we then invite the Holy Spirit, so let's, uh, let's do that together. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. And, and kindle in us, kindle us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and we shall be created. And, and you we shall renew the face of the earth. earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of thy faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the
1: name of the Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Rick, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today?
0: Of course not. The reading today is taken from the Gospel of Luke, the fifth chapter, verses one through eleven. While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Jacinaret. He saw two boats there alongside the lake. The fishermen had disembarked and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, he asked him to put out a short distance from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. After he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon said in reply, Master, We have worked hard all night and have caught nothing, but at your command, I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come to help them. They came and filled both boats so that the boats were in danger of sinking. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For astonishment at the catch of fish they had made, seized them all, and all those with them. And likewise, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him the gospel of the lord praise, praise to you lord jesus christ.
1: christ
2: what a what a powerful reading gospel for us to to hear this coming sunday with um with lent right upon us um, especially when simon peter fell at the feet or at the and fell on his knees um, in front of jesus and, and said depart from me for i'm a sinful man and you know we're called to to a time of penance uh, and, and repentance during Lent. And when I hear this, you know, hear, G, hear Peter just just falling um, in front of Jesus and saying, depart from me, I, I, I just heard Father Barron or Bishop Barron, uh, he gave a talk at the Eucharistic Congress, and he unpacked the Eucharist as meal, as sacrifice, and as real presence. And when he was talking about the meal, he was he broke open the, the, the road to Emmaus and how the two were walking the wrong way. Right, they were leaving. They were walking the wrong way and how Jesus walked the wrong way with them. And I circled, depart from me. And how many times in our lives do we think we're not worthy or we let that feeling of unworthiness you know, keep us away or, or prevent us from asking God for, for help? And and in our thoughts and our actions, even if we don't say, Depart from me, we're living that. You know, depart from me, Lord. You know, but Jesus walked even if we're going the wrong way, Jesus, as he did in the road to Emmaus, he wants to be with us, he wants to walk with us. He doesn't ever wanna and he will never depart from us. It's always us that's turning our back to him. He will never let us down, he will never disappoint us, he will never hurt us. Um so as we pre- prepare for Lent, let's keep each other in prayer that that we could uh, truly have a, a, a contrite heart. Ask God to to really illuminate the aspects of our lives where we've fallen, and then uh, and just embrace God's mercy.
1: That's beautiful, Robin. As I looked at the example of Simon Peter, I love it. You know, he fell to the knees of Jesus. He recognized Jesus was the one that filled the nets. Jesus was the one that allowed him to catch that catch that almost caused the nets to tear. And, you know, so that great catch, he took no credit for it. So the humility of Simon Peter here really pierced my heart because so many times the Lord does a work through us and we take the credit. Hey, look at the fish I caught. Look at what I did. Hey, look at the, call the other boat over. Come on, hey, take some of these. Look at what I did. No, the humility. He fell to his knees, recognizing Jesus is the one that caused it to happen, acknowledging he's a sinful man and having that grateful heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you choose to do in us, with us, and through us. So for me, that humility of Peter here and the reverence falling to his knees for Jesus, that's for me. That's a learning lesson for me.
2: And then at that moment when you know when Peter I'm sure was tempted, you know business was going good, right? He got two boats full of of fish. Uh life is looking good as the world says, you know the the material, the the provisions and everything, you, you know he had it all uh, as a fisherman right then and there. But what did he do? He left everything. He left everything and followed him, followed Jesus. And uh, we just keep being reminded, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And sometimes that denial is denial of what the world says will make you happy, what the world says will make you fulfilled, um, and just just turn away and, and follow Jesus.
1: And, you know, Rob, that's where I was. They left everything and followed Jesus. They had a new direction in their life. They had a heavenly goal in their life. And so for me, that that whole preaching of Jesus about, do you want to be my disciple? It takes three things. Number one, deny yourself. Put Christ first. Put others first. Deny yourself. It's the litmus test of our yes to the Lord. Our yes to the Lord doesn't mean sit back in our big cozy chair, say, I'm good to go. That's a lie from, not from God from the enemy of, this, of our souls. So deny yourself. Pick up your cross. We all bear crosses. Do we see Christ in others as they bear their cross? It can be a cross of addiction, a cross of, of, of going through a divorce, a cross of losing a child, whatever that cross is, alcohol, whatever. And then follow Christ. Christ has to be the one that follow us follows, or I'm sorry, that we follow. But here's the key. The next word is daily. So as a disciple of Jesus Christ, it's a daily choice to get up in the morning, to take, start with that morning prayer and denying yourself, picking up your cross, and then saying, Lord, where do you want me to go today? Don't be set by your busy agenda. Look for the divine appointments that God has for you at the grocery store, you know, in a convenience store, wherever. I was fascinated at a God story that happened to me down in, in Florida when I went to, a, to Mass on a Sunday. The preacher... At the Mass, the priest, he, he gives beautiful homily on this, deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow Christ, but about serving others, about going outside of your comfort zone. You know, Jesus says here, put out of the, the deep. Get out of your comfort zone and help others. So the whole message was service to others. So I'm coming out of the church, and I hear this car alarm going off. And as I'm walking to go to my car, I keep hearing it get louder and louder and louder. And finally, I look. And here's a little old lady sitting in a car and her car alarm's going off. And she's in a panic because she's not to shut it off. Well, 50 people walked by this poor lady and didn't offer to help. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, that was the message of the homily. They all walked by. And then I hear the still, quiet voice. Stop and help her. Now, I had to challenge the Lord of that. I said, Lord, I don't know anything about mechanics, cars electronics i said I, I don't think i can help her but then i i kept listening and i heard the still quiet voice i'll help you help her so in obedience just like peter here you know put out into the deep just like peter you know it's like hey i've been fishing all night now so i walked over knocked on the, on the on the lady's car window she was all panicked her, her hands were gripped under the wheel she put the window down i said ma'am i said would you please shut off your car and hand me your car keys okay, sir. She shut off her car, hand me her car keys, and I pushed unlock, and the car alarm went off. I handed her car back. She said, thank you, sir. I said, you're welcome. May God bless you. And I mean, that little beautiful moment was me not being afraid, me even in reluctance obeying God's little prompting to go help this person who needed someone just to come alongside of her and not let fear of not knowing how to fix it, not knowing electronics, keep me from walking up and helping her because I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to look stupid in front of other people. And the sad part of all those people that just came out of church that walked right by her and never went over to help this poor old lady sitting in a car with her alarm going off. And it just was a a tremendous teaching moment for me to do exactly what Scripture tells us here. You know, get out of our comfort zone, put out into the deep, and then, and then allow God to use you to make a difference in the life of another.
0: But you know, God deals with us every time in mercy and compassion, and He, I, I read this in with Him doing just that. He knew that Simon and James and John would all be leaving the business leaving their families and following him on the mission he was giving them of catching men. But before he did that, he provided for those families. This was an unusual catch. It said they were astonished at the number of fish. The boats were about to sink. But he provided food and he provided the income for those left behind so that Simon and James and John could leave, follow him, with a little bit less worry on their minds about their families. Mm -hmm. He had compassion on the families and on the men in doing this, and he will always provide that kind of support, that kind of mercy to us as we're being faithful to him, no matter what the circumstance.
1: You know, Rick, that's perfectly correct because here in the bottom it says the last line, they left everything and followed him. And I'm thinking of my calling 11 years ago The Lord called me out of the workplace that I had been in 30 years in a company that had started when I was 18 years old. It was very successful. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, now I want you to use all your gifts and talents but for my church. And so I had to leave the workplace, which is where my comfort zone was. I had to then become a fisher of men as opposed to commerce and making money and profits and designing products. But then the Lord provided for the company because he also spoke to my heart because I asked him, should I sell it and give the money to the poor? And the answer was no. The answer was to build a stewardship company that honors him in all that they do and then shares its giving with mission work around the world. And today, this company, which is over a $400 million company, shares over 30% of its profits with mission work all over the world and is in the process of growing that to 50% of its profits. But guess what? They don't need me anymore. They replaced me in the overseas buyer. They replaced me in design and marketing. God brought others to be the flag bearers to protect the family, the income, the business, when he called me in to work for the church and to follow him. Not everybody is called to come out of the workplace. Many times we're called to do the work right in the workplace, right in the workplace as a worker, as a leader, as a manager, whatever our position to bring Christ into the workplace where perhaps he maybe never would have got in if it wasn't for your yes. So for me, I relate really well to Peter, James, and John and having to leave it all. But also, I came to understand this my time of freedom came when I realized that I own nothing, that everything is, that I have is a gift from God that I'm to use to help others. It's the definition of stewardship, it's the, it's the, the good news that you get set free when you realize, I don't own it. The children in my family, they're God's children entrusted to me. All the belongings, all the money, everything, it's God's. And I'm called to be a steward of all of those gifts. And and, and I can't do it without the Lord's help. I can't do it without the Holy Spirit's guidance. I can't do it without that ever-deepening intimate relationship with God, Father, Son, and always spirit. So this gospel just really speaks to me, Rex. So thanks for pointing that out.
2: So Jesus always leads by example, right? So he he tells the guys, uh, "Do not be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching men." And they probably thought about that for a while. what? What, <laughs> what are you? What's this guy talking about? And then as they lived with him, as they watched him, um, they they probably had the question answer. Well, they're fishermen. Well, what bait do we use, Jesus? So, I don't know, i just start out to you guys. What uh, what bait do you think Jesus would have told them to use to be fishers of men?
1: Well, it says it right here. In being a fisherman, you had nets. But the net that God now wants the apostles to use is the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Bible as we know it today. Cast those, that's what will bring people and draw people this Word of God, which it says right here, people were pressing in on Jesus and listening to the Word of God. That same Word of God, the gospel message to gospel truth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that's the net that's meant to bring all humanity. Jesus Christ came and gave His life for all. The invitation is for all, and that's a call for each and every one of us to go out into the deep Add into the deep and lower that net of truth to bring in a great catch of men, women, children, wherever we're called to be. And I, I love this whole scripture verse. In fact, one of the things that really struck me on this is I remember a meeting I had with Christopher West with Lancaster Bible College and the team there. And Christopher said, David, this morning in prayer, this scripture verse came to me because Langster Bible College and Evangelical College, Christopher West, a devout Catholic, you know, along with myself, we all got together. It was about a split crowd, half Catholic, half Evangelical Christians. And Christopher shared this verse with me. He said, David, look at this. The boat represents the church. Peter represents the pope. Jesus got in the boat with Peter the Pope and cast out. The net represents the gospel message of Jesus Christ put down to make a great catch. Elsewhere in the it tells us, I believe, was 153 fish were caught, which represents every nation of the known world at that time. So it's for all nations to be caught in that net of the gospel truth of Jesus Christ. But this is the key that he showed me I didn't see. He said, look, when they caught this great catch— They called out to their partners in the other boat, the other boat representing still part of the church. They were partners to come help bring the catch ashore. And boy, the Lord really spoke to me on that because you know what? Jesus' prayer, which you read, Rob, that prayer of unity, is that we are to be one, united under Christ. Protestants, evangelicals, Catholics, Amish, Mennonite, All Christians, all baptized Christians under one Lord, the Lordship of Jesus Christ, we're called to lock arms in answer to that prayer of unity and and go after the one common enemy. And that common enemy is is Satan, who's out to take our children, destroy our families, divide and conquer, is the battle cry of the enemy of our souls. Unity is the prayer of of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we need to check ourselves and say, who are we listening to? Because I have no time for division. And what I find is, the more and more and more and more I'm put into situations with pastors from all walks of life, they have been fed a lie for 500 years that's been passed down of what the Catholic Church truly teaches and truly is called to live out. But when that lie is revealed... And it's biblically shown where every truth of the Catholic Church has its roots deeply embedded in, embedded in sacred scripture. My evangelical pastor friends and others go, oh, I see that now. You know what? I never looked at it that way. You know what? I was told this. Oh, you don't believe you can work your way into heaven. Absolutely correct. Catechism of the Catholic Church. If you think you can work your way into heaven, that's not a truth. That's not, it's by grace we're saved. But we need to cooperate with that grace. That's where Jesus says, repent and believe. He didn't say just believe only. You need to hold your whole scripture. Repent. Turn away from our sinful ways, sinful ways so that he can be living more in us. St. Paul says the letter to the Galatians, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. Scriptures call us, as, as Jesus says, to be perfect as the Heavenly Father is perfect. To be holy as the Heavenly Father is holy. That's only possible. If Jesus Christ every day is invited to and then chooses to, through our pure invitation, live in us, with us, and through us. We are all in those fires of God's love, refining the impurities of pride, jealousy, addictions out of us. Why? So that we can all be united in heaven for all eternity in through and with Jesus Christ, who paid the price for our salvation. That's the truth. So let's unite. Let's learn our faith as Catholics in our hearts and then live it in our lives. We are united under Jesus Christ, one Lord, one Savior. So it's beautiful. So I always challenge my Catholic brothers and sisters. I say, you know what? The reason there's a division in the church today, we need to look in the mirror because number one, we don't know our faith faith in our hearts number 2 we don't know where that faith comes from biblically and number 3 we don't live it in our everyday lives so you know what shame on us
2: and then and then you can add a fourth to that once we um once we accept the faith and we start living the faith um do we put out in the deep do we share do we share our faith do we invite people do we you know engage in conversations um and that's I think the call of of Jesus here for us is to to put out into the deep. I mean, where are we most uncomfortable living our faith and sharing our faith with others? Well, go ahead, cast your net there. Trust that God's going to going to provide. <clears throat> and as you were sharing, David, I just wrote this uh, service is love in action because when they disembark and they're washing their nets, you're a fisherman. Yes, that's a lot of work. Huh. To, like when you're when you're done fishing, especially when you got skunked and you're cleaning and you're done. And someone comes up to you, hey, you want to go back yeah, out? Yeah, let's you, go try it again. You're pretty like, no, thank you. I mean, you're like ready to pack it in and, and take a nap. These guys, they were done. They were done. And then they listened to Jesus, right? They went out. And, and in our lives, I just think of something really simple because if, if if service is love and action, just the other night uh, I was with the kids and I was sharing the, the little couch with my, my daughter and we got a blanket on, we're all cozy. And then as soon as we got cozy, one of my other kids said, oh, Dad, can you, can you get me a drink of water, please? Right? right. And you know, I, I had disembarked from service for the moment. I was lounging. Um, and that's the challenge. Are we willing to be interrupted? Like, like When we've disembarked, when we've unplugged, when we've finished what we thought we were going to do, and we've packed it in, and we're relaxing, and then Jesus challenges us, with an, gives us an invitation to, to be selfless, even if it's something as simple as getting off of the cozy couch under the blanket and getting someone to drink of water, if we do those small acts every day, then we're allowing Jesus to, to be Lord, to be Savior, to direct us, because it's through those little bits of sacrifice that we're going to grow in virtue and in character.
1: Absolutely. And Rob, I wrote the word obedience down, because anybody that takes the word obedience out of God's plan for salvation, that's not a biblical truth. Jesus says, remain in my love. Well, how do you remain in my love? By being obedient, by being obedient. What does that look like? Well, that means a constant going back to God, help me, Lord. And when we fall, we, we repent every day and we ask God's strength to help us. And thank you, Lord, for the sacrament of reconciliation in the Catholic Church. where We know we can go and as the Scriptures command us, confess your sins to one another, we can confess our sins to a beautiful priest, a man who God has entrusted with that charism, that gift to hear our sin, offer us a penance and repentance for our sin, you know, and then we're set free when we truly have that contrite heart. So for me, obedience, it's its its part of our cooperation with God's work and plan of salvation. It's a beautiful, beautiful truth. And, and another thing is this, Rob. What the Lord spoke to my heart back in the day when I had my conversion event 11 years ago was this, to be an instrument in the healing of the one body of Christ, not an obstacle. To share with love and humility how God brought me not just into a personal, personal, but an ever-deepening intimate relationship with him in and through my Catholic faith. Don't teach from right and wrong. Share truth with love. Share truth with love And make sure I back that up biblically and say, here's where I see it. Here's where the church gets it from. And since I've done that, it has been beautiful how God has worked in the hearts of so many men and women to bring unity to the body of Christ in this time of
0: need of this world. You were talking about obedience, and there's there's a little aspect of that that uh, I, I just was thinking about here as you were talking. Rob, you had said about going out into the deep, let's go out into the deep and cast our nets. But that will only work if that's where Jesus says to cast our nets. Here he did. He told Simon, go out into the deep. I've heard it taught that in Lake Jac- it, the fish aren't in the deep water. They're in, they're in closer to the shore. So not only was Simon tired of fishing for the day, But Jesus was telling him to go where the fish normally aren't. The carpenter was telling the fisherman how to fish. That's right. But that's what Simon did. He went to the deep water and cast the net and got the catch that they did. If Jesus says to you, cast your net in the shallows, cast it in the shallows. If he says cast it in the rapids, cast it in the rapids. If he says in the deep, in the deep. No matter where he says, obedience is the key because he's in charge. He controls where the fish are, not uh, where they normally are, perhaps, but he knows where the catch he wants you to make dwells. And as
1: Rick Warren's father's last words to Rick were, one more soul for Jesus, let's cast our net into the deep. God bless each and every one of you. Bye-bye.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups. Or call us